rules will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Aaron, this is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim Foyle hack, Tim Foyle hack. Sweet eternal balance of all that is good, true, and beautiful, friends. What an epic show we have here for you lovely roguesters out there tonight and those uh, Tripoli tinfoil uh, hat podcast listeners as well. In an amazing confluence of badassery and straight-up pimpin' style, we've got two incredible human beings here on Rogueways and what will surely go down as the mashup of the century. In corner one, we've got supreme friend of Rogueways, master alchemist, ultra-healer extraordinaire, scientific mind of the ages, scholar of the century, and teacher to all who are wise enough to listen, the creator and engineer of Phoenix Aurelius Lab and Apothecary, and all of the spagyric tinctures and remedies therein. Phoenix, what's up? Welcome back to Rogueways, and how are you doing tonight? Yo, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm doing really well. I got a little pain actually in my side from working out a little too hard, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll take it. No pain, no gain, right? Right. I have a little pain in my side from building a chicken coop because that's where I'm at in the world. <laughs> but in corner nice. two, well, I think we've all got a pain in our side yeah, because seriously. of uh, this whole COVID nonsense. So, <laughs> dude, for real, let's see an end to that as soon as possible. And in corner two, we've got the master of fringe topics with a laugh and a chuckle, a dude who will straight up stare into the abyss and then crack jokes about its mom, the fearless Ronin of thought who traverses the weird and wonderful on a whim, <laughs> the producer, writer, and creator of Tinfoil Hat Podcast, the man himself, Sam Tripoli. Sam, what's up? And welcome back to Rogue Ways. And thank you so much for doing this Swapcast. It's awesome to have you. That it was a wonderful intro. I mean, just that's just worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. How are you, Phoenix? Good to see you guys. Uh, both of you, I'm super excited to be with you, Lindsay. Um, just excited to be here, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish I forgot, Phoenix, you had your a mohawk. I should have mohawked mine up, but we could oh, break close. the record for most mohawks yes. on a swap. I think we've set the record. This is. A world uh, record on that. So (laughs) super excited to be here, man. I love this stuff. When you were on Phoenix, um, we had such a great response. And I just love all this stuff. You know, it's like it's really easy to sit there in the in the kind of the uh, a dark abyss of all the stuff going on with all the, you know, this gate and that gate and this gate. But it's fun to kind of get out, out in the esoteric world and, you know, just a little bit. A little bit uh, deeper and a little bit more hope, I feel like this is kind of gives us that, the, you know, that we can talk to the universe and let, they'll let us know everything's going to be okay, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, you and a lot of the guys that I've had on lately have really opened my eyes to kind of the world we live in and, like, that we can't really save anybody. Outside of children, that's kind of where I break the rule. You Like, I'll go to war to, to stop the 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 suffering of children. But outside that, you got to kind of the best way to save other people is to save yourself. And uh, the universe kind of tells you that all the time. So oh, yeah. I really appreciate uh, you guys allowing me to be a part of this, man. Oh, it's likewise, just... likewise. I think this is going to be one of the best, most exciting episodes that I think I've ever done. Usually, I mean, 
<laughs> I've done some really great stuff. The last podcast I did with both of you guys actually was like at the top of my list, but this is, this is a whole new level because we get the opportunity to ask some questions that are going to help people individually and collectively to find solutions to problems that exist and be able to, whatever problems there are, we can ask questions to be able to get answers to help us move beyond these problems. And uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that we can be doing right now. So I, love I think it. it's super important. I think it's super important. Real quick, before we get to, I want to tell you about our good friends at Cushy Dreams. That's smokable CBD. Cushy Dreams specializes in extraordinary CBD rich hemp flower and pre-rolled CBD joints, right? If you want to, some people like the smoke, but they don't want to get high. I totally understand that. As a guy in recovery, I don't want to uh, do anything to my brain, but I really, are you in recovery as well? I, you could say that. I don't, I don't like to get high much <laughs> anymore. Yeah, I, you know, well, my problem is I like to get high too much. So that was right. my problem. So uh, I was things there. like CBD, smoking CBD, CBD, uh, Cushy Dreams offers a full lineup of premium smokable CBD. It's canvas that's shipped directly to you. It's legal in all 50 states. Join the men and women who are sick of vapes and gummies and want to smoke their CBD. And Cushy Dreams allows you to smoke your CBD. It is a high quality marijuana. Feels it's high quality marijuana. Feels like high quality marijuana and tastes like high quality marijuana. Health benefits of CBD without getting high, which is important to me. The attention is to the detail, notable in every beautiful flower. Each plant is hand selected by a team of experienced cannabis flower expert, 100% trimmed, hand trimmed, never machine trimmed. They are like artists, man. This is their Picassos. Okay, independent lab testing show compliance and purity. Each batch is slow cured two to four weeks to guarantee maximum freshness and preserve flavor. Okay. CBD has, uh, Cush Dreams has CBD flour and pre road joints. Here's what you got to do go to cushydreams.com. That's K U S H Y D R E A M S.com. Cushy Dreams. And check out, and check out using the promo code tinfoil for your fifth, for, for 15% off your first oil. Uh, order so that's 50 percent off your first order use the promo code tin foil and let's get on the show thank you guys both for letting me do that it means the world to me. thank oh you yeah guys. so let's get to the fireworks Yay! I just, yeah i'm actually gonna order some of that uh, yeah right now so <laughs> i was like i didn't even know you could my, smoke my i didn't know you could get a smokable weed that was not thc i didn't know that that's rad I did, but I've never tried this company, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. Well, yeah. dude, you're too kind, guys. And uh, yeah, Matt, I mean, I think the weed people are kind of like doing some incredible stuff. Yeah. And oh, yeah. you know, I uh, you know, in recovery, just I can't do it right now. So this is wonderful for that. Some people drink near beer, which is weird to me. I don't yeah, do yeah. that. I never drank beer for the beer taste. But I guess you know, CBD. If you want all the benefits without getting high, I think that's pretty awesome, man. This was yeah, the thing when right. I when I quit drinking the first time, I didn't really want to quit drinking. And so I drank that shit and it was nasty and stupid and pointless. And when I quit drinking and I actually wanted to be, you know, healthy and free from that and, and actually quit everything, then I never have wanted it again. So it's just I think it's a matter of like whether you're there or not, whether you want to use those sorts of fake you know, halfway measures or whatever. But the CBD right, thing, right, I mean, right. that has its own value. Like that's just good for you. So it's like you get right, to sort right. of indulge and like have fun, but also be but not your cheat, yeah. right? That not you keep your day. 
Uh, my whole thing is like the only thing I ever miss liquor wise, because I really don't have any urges to drink, but I miss Samuel Adams for some reason. <laughs> but And I love their commercials because I love the guy yeah, who's the Samuel Adams guy. And you just over time, you're just watching him just like just get shit faced, right? <laughs> like he's got gym blossom. People are holding him off. He's like Samuel. He's like he's always drunk. I like I, I just uh, appreciate his uh, commitment to uh, his love of drinking and his beer. So that's about everything else. I don't really miss it, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, CBD without getting high. That sounds great to me. Uh, I'm excited about this, Phoenix. Some people might not know what what this is. And then I'm gonna let Lindsay take over. Could you give us a little um, a little understanding of what we're about to do right now? Yeah, for real. So, the both on Rogueways as well as on Tinfoil Hat, uh, I happen to bust out my quantum scalar instrument, uh, which does intrinsic data field analysis. And we started doing some IDF, what's called investigations, and uh, it became really hot. Lindsay and Sam both reached out and said, hey, let's let's do a whole episode of this because people are really interested in this and, and here's what's up. So for those of you who have never heard about this, never seen it before, didn't get any introduction the last time I was on tinfoil hat, IDF stands for intrinsic data field. And this goes back to the theories of Rupert Sheldrake and morphogenetic fields or morphic fields. And basically what it is is that anything that that exists either as a thought or as a frequency, and meaning that if it exists in, in tangible reality, obviously it has a frequency behind it, but even thoughts have frequency, emotions have frequency. So if it has frequency, what we can do is we can investigate or we can analyze various aspects of those things and break it down into its subparts or, or even ask questions about it, so on and so forth. The quantum scalar instrument that I'm using is called the SE5 2000 Gold, and it's made by the people at SE5.com. Yes, their website is terrible. It's probably one of the worst I've ever seen. But we have to, as, as people who are doing this kind of work, we pretty much have to stay under wraps and do things that are outside of the scope of the FDA or other uh, oversight agencies, because otherwise they come in and they play whack-a-mole with guys like us. So um, their website sucks for a reason. And if you're interested in getting involved with it, you can go to my website, you can go to the wellness research section of my page, scroll down, take a look more about the instrumentation, what it does. If you have questions, feel free to ask me. Uh, if you're interested in getting one for yourself, your own research or, or investigative work, feel free to let me know. I'd be more than happy to put you in touch with the office staff. And um, basically the way that it works is like this. Uh, on this instrumentation, I have a dial on my left hand. And this dial is an amplitude dial. And tonight we're going to be grading things between zero to 100. Uh, I, can, I can do just about any number scale, but zero to 100 is what we're going to work on tonight. And on my right hand, I have what's called a precision stick detector, which is more or less like a stick pad. Ancient shamans in Africa used to be using this. They still use this. Some shamans in Africa still use this. Where what they would use is a wooden block and they rub the block just like this in a counterclockwise motion with their right hand while holding the block with their left hand. They'll put an herbal cure or, or something in front of them uh, sitting right next to a person who's sick. And then they ask a question whether that herb or cure is going to help them and where their fingers stick, um, that's the herb that's going to work. So it's a form of kinesiological interfacing that is that relies very heavily on the operator. So if you're not in a very good balanced space, um, so on and so forth, the instrumentation isn't going to work. So 
for tonight, uh, for the demonstration, I'll actually be showing all of the intake clearances that I have to run and be showing people that mm -hmm. I myself am within the guidelines to be able to operate this thing. And then uh, once we show that, then we'll be asking questions that are particularly guided towards um, how we can help society or individuals or just the entire planet with information to help us evolve collectively or individually, so on and so forth. So questions about sustainability, questions about, you know, things that, that can actually help us, because if it can't help us, if it's just mental masturbation, we're not really interested in it. I mean, yeah, that's great. It's cute. It might give you a little, you know, you get high for a second on the information like, oh, I told you so. But my point as an operator of this is not either to aggravate um, or to aggrandize people's opinions or beliefs. I'm not looking to put a target on my head. So what I wanted to do is focus very specifically on things that are going to be able to help us uh, either individually or as, as a collective, as a planet, as communities, et cetera, to be able to level up our game. So that's that's basically what we're doing tonight. One question real quick. Uh, Lindsay, if, they if fans do want to ask questions, where should they go right now to ask questions? Is it to your YouTube? Yeah, if they're, and, they're and on. you're going to be able to... Yeah, DLive, YouTube, or Facebook, any of those uh, comments get fed to me here and I can see them all. And so if we have time or if it relates to what we're already doing or whatever, then you can put it there and hopefully we'll see it and, and throw it up. One quick thing I wanted to say is I really understand what you're saying about not trying to get too, um, too big. I often think about that with the podcast. I know it sounds kind of weird, but it's like you want your podcast to get as big as is it can, but at the same time, you don't want it to get too big because then, you know, the authorities start listening to what you're talking about. And if it's too uh, underground or alt, whatever they want, uh, that's when they probably come a running. And I, re you know, it's this weird kind of thing. You want to reach as many people as you can, but you also don't want too much attention. Some, you know, so I completely understand that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a big thing for all of us. I mean, especially with all the censorship that's going on. And, and basically the way that I view it is stripping away our freedom of speech uh, as individuals and our freedom of expression that's happening today. We, we shouldn't have to be careful, but in a certain regard, we do have to be careful. And there've been a lot of people starting with Royal Rife and Dr. Albert Abrams and other people who were pioneers in this field who got put in prison for practicing medicine with this instrumentation. And, um, it, it's a real threat. It's something that we have to deal with. And because I have to interface with the FDA and with other inspective uh, agencies pretty regularly, uh, it's just best that I keep a lid on my shit. No, I respect that too. I love it. I really do respect that. And I and I also want everyone out there listening to know, because I think uh, Sam and I both and Phoenix too asked for questions ahead of time and we got a lot of questions. So we're, you know, we looked through and I think Phoenix has chosen some of his favorites. And so we're going to be looking at those. And then, you know, if we have time, we might do whatever. But um, definitely let us yep. know in the chat, especially because I know sometimes we have to reword things, right? And so if you have like a better way to reword it, or if you can think of sort of a tangent off of what we're finding to sort of add and, and good, dig deeper than share those and just um, feel free. So I'll be watching the chat as we go. Is there a best way to ask a question, Phoenix? Like what would be the best way to present good. a question for you yourself and the machine to answer yeah. to its best abilities? That, that's a great thing. That's something I didn't cover. So 
Realistically, there's uh, we're limited when we're asking different types of questions. When we're performing analysis on something, we've identified something, we can grade it on a scale of zero to 100, and that's pretty easy. If it's a negative tuning, anything above a 15 is a bad thing. We want everything to be below a 15, otherwise it indicates it's a problem. Uh, if it's a positive tuning, anything above an 85 means that that's a good rating. Anything below 85 means that that's not a good rating. Um, so like if we're checking the intensity of something or how bad something is, um, then that that's one thing we would just phrase it like, well, how bad is this on a scale from zero to 100? How intense is this or how good is this? Then we'd be able to check those things out. If we're asking yes, no questions, um, those are a little bit trickier, but they're not that hard. We can still run those in a zero to 40, but we need them in a yes, no format. <laughs> this is admittedly, and I say this with all love, this is where people really fell short of understanding the rules when they were submitting questions to me and probably to you guys as well, um, which was phrase it very simply, very directly. It has to be a yes, no question. So if any of you guys have played the children's game headbands, this is exactly like that. It has to be a yes, no question where we can say either yes, maybe, or no. And anything between zero to 40 is going to calibrate as no with things near zero, meaning, oh, hell no. Uh, 41 to 70 is going to mean maybe. And those are kind of elusive because it could mean that we didn't phrase things right. It could mean that we're almost on the right track, not quite on the right track. And it could just legitimately mean eh, the yes, but with condition or no, but with conditions. Uh, anything from 71 to 100 means yes, with items near 100 meaning oh hell yes. When I'm doing uh, investigative spagyric wellness uh, research and, and gathering data, anything below a 90 is not really a yes for me in my own work. So it means that there, there's, it's like, even if it comes up as say like a 76 or an 80 or something like that, it's like, yeah, and would be the way that I would translate that. Um, so yes, no questions, that's the way that that's going to work. And then if there are other questions like how many of something exists, then we can ask that. Anything that can have a numerical number to it or any yes, no question, those are things that we can ask tonight. So there's an example yeah. that from, from Rogueways actually, where we asked, for example, what is the name of the dark entity that Bill Gates is working with? And when we said Baal, it was like, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was something like 89 oh, or something. And we said like, what man. about, what about Baal Lam? And it was like 92 or whatever. And we got finally to Baal Lam Moloch and then it was a hundred. So like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> So you can sort of like tweak it as you go along and try to get closer. But I remember the first time we did it, we stopped because we didn't have any more ideas, but we came back to it yeah. in a later episode and we got it up to a hundred. So, Oh my God. <laughs> that one was, that was incredible. an exciting one. Yeah, yeah, that was an exciting one. And see, and, the, and actually, you know, uh, a lot of people who are listeners to Rogue Ways, especially had questions, more questions of that type of nature. But what I realized, especially after feedback that I got on my website, is that people don't know what to do with that information. Yeah. So they might get that, and then it's just mental masturbation for them. They're like, right. see, I told you so. <laughs> or they use it to tell other people like, yeah, this is it, and this guy figured it out. Then I become this weird target guy <laughs> for anti-believers yeah. or for believers, and they That's hold right. me in this weird cult status either way. I'm not interested in that, okay? okay I'm, I'm with you on that, here. By the I, way, mental masturbation is a wonderful name for a podcast. In case true. anyone is looking for the name of a podcast, you there. just got it right there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, yeah, at any rate, so what, what we'll be doing tonight is just stuff that 
people have questions about that if we have the answers, we will know more or less what to do with them or where to go from there, or at least certain portions of the population who are working on these things will be like, ah, okay, cool, this gives me another lead, now I can go on to here. And again, I just wanted to add the caveat to this that even when I am performing IDF analysis and IDF investigations, this is not anything that is absolute to me, okay? Right. This is just adding corroborative evidence to support or to discredit certain ideas so that I know whether something is, is likely or not likely. And then this gives me really, really good data to draw from to say like, this seems to be like this, this seems to be like this. And if I can find other corroborative data that supports that claim, then it that's great. And if I find other data that directly contradicts what we're finding, then that's also great. So people need to take this with a grain of salt and don't get too up in your heads about yeah. it. Don't think that this is absolute truth. I'm not yeah. playing God. I'm not working yeah. with demons or any, yeah. anything <laughs> like that. That we're just checking intrinsic data fields, getting a kinesiological response to be able to see whether something appears to be true or not based on the data that we have and how we're phrasing things. Right. And that's the thing, I think, too, exactly what you just said, how we're phrasing things. So if people get caught up on certain things, just remember, like, the wording matters and it. the way you're thinking about it might be, you know, sort of carrying up a lot of gray space but if you get like really narrowed down onto that word like what does it actually mean so you know there's a lot of room, wiggle room and places to go and i also like what you're saying about the this is more data it doesn't mean absolutely this is true and so uh we take it yeah, as a piece know, of evidence it's, it's, just chill out yeah. it's, you know we're just having a fun time here we're not trying to like change you know the laws of the the country it's, it's just it's just a podcast and we're having fun with it if it's something that bothers you stop listening yeah it, it's, it's not like Turn we're charging off. you a thousand dollars it's just it's this is fun <laughs> and we're having fun for it right. this is just a fun time Absolutely. chill and enjoy the ride yeah so those are our three disclaimers yes <laughs> chill is the name of the show so cool you want to share your screen and get started yeah, let's go ahead and do this. Um, first of all, let me go ahead and go here. And I should share this. And then let me scoot this over so that I can see what the hell I'm doing. There we go. <laughs> all right, can you see my screen? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, this is awesome. So the name of this session is gonna be Rogue Ways and Tinfoil Hat Swapcast. Uh, these are questions from the audience that I'm doing as a description. And I just want to show everybody, I'm going to take my intake clearances. Uh, down here in this little uh, bottom right-hand corner of the intake clearances, you're going to see my precision stick detector. So just to show everybody how this works, when I start rubbing my fingers on the stick pad, you can see that there's an EQ oh. graph, right? Yeah. yeah. That starts to move. Now, uh, what's going to happen is that if I ask a question and we get a hit, then this thing's going to hit a spike, and it's also going to make a beat. And I'm just sitting here rubbing this the whole time I'm talking just to show you that it doesn't give me false positives, okay? This isn't going to show a huge spike. It's not going to beep if I'm not asking a question, if I'm not focusing on it as the operator. When we get a beep is when I actually ask a question. So for instance, all of these intake clearances, the ADDRMNVOWAM is basically this long acronym, but it means, do I have any biases essentially to the answers that we get? This is a positive tuning. So anything with a plus in front of it means that it should be above an 85 or higher. Uh, as a passing grade. Otherwise, I'm not fit as the operator to be running uh, any of these tests. And for me, I really don't like to do it if I'm below a 95, 
because that gives 5% of wiggle room to my answers. I'm not a big, big fan of more than 5% wiggle room. 5%, it's like, okay, I can take it. I can understand that. 15% though, if it was like at an 85, I'm not so good about that. So I'm just gonna go ahead and take that um, here in just a second. The second one is the same thing. Do I have any biases? But this is negative biases towards the work. So uh, this runs from zero to 100 and instead of 100 down to zero. And if this pops up uh, above a 15, then by the rules of, of the software and the hardware, I'm not supposed to use it. But again, I don't like that to be higher than five. This third one's gonna be my energy purity. We're gonna start at 100 because again, it has a plus sign in front of it. And this is going to tell people what my energy purity is as the operator. Damn, Begin yeah. performing the work. If my energy is lower than a 95, I don't do this for my clients. And that's gonna be the same thing today. Uh, then we have uh, interferences A, B, C, D, and uh, those are basically like our other people's thoughts, other people's emotions, other, you know, even maybe my thoughts, my emotions, my, you know, am I in balance or are other people in balance who are tuning into the, the particular uh, intrinsic data fields that we're looking to, to analyze. And then we have interfering fields, which is electromagnetic interferences uh, or radio frequency interferences, et cetera, et cetera. And then barriers to rapport. This is, are people going to be uh, susceptible to not understanding the work that we're talking about and so on and Whoa. so forth. Wow. And again, um, if this is above a five, then I will probably do a quick little meditation, try and balance out the field using some psychic techniques, mm. test it again. Usually when I perform this stuff, um, I, I don't get any, any higher than a five, so we'll check. And then if this was a person, then I check their general vitality, acid alkaline balance and sodium chloride balance. But because we're not doing this by, for somebody else, this is going to be my general vitality, my acid alkaline balance, my sodium chloride balance, because I can only be as an operator as within the parameters of being tested uh, well and, and testing, you know, having things flow through me. If That's my vitality is high, if my acid alkaline balance is good, because that deals with electrical resistance and chemical reactions, and same with sodium chloride, that deals with electrical resistance as well. So we're going to test all these things. We'll just start off and see what we Hold get. on, hold on. Let me digest what you just said right there for the <laughs> listeners, if you don't mind. Yeah. So basically, your mental, physical, and spiritual um, status, feelings at that time affect this. I, I, you know, it's kind of like, I've always wondered like how many times, um, like a hairstylist has gone to work just hung over. Right. And they're like <laughs> yeah. cutting your hair and you're like, if they're just hurt right now, are they going to give you a great haircut? It's like, that's that. Yeah. It's like, that's, this is like, you have to be the fine tuned. You have to be fine tuned to get this going. And what else I think is very interesting here is I, something happened to me the other day, and I'd love to get your guys' opinion of it. So I'll look at myself in the mirror. And, you know, obviously, when we all look at ourselves, we have a certain view of ourselves. And sometimes some of us beat, us up, uh, beat ourselves up a little too much, and some of us don't beat ourselves up enough, right? But we have a certain view of ourselves that we see in the mirror. And then let's say someone will take a picture and, or someone will take a video, and you're like, that's what I look like? And I've, I, I kind of, because I saw it the other day with me where it's like, I saw, I saw myself one time and then um, I saw a video of me. I was at the uh, March Against Child Sex Trafficking 
And I was just like, oh, wow, that's what I look like. I'm wondering, do you think somebody, when you see a picture taken by somebody else, that you see it through their energy, mm. their their views? I, I was, because it's like, everyone always says, like, when you hear your own voice, you're always yeah. like, that's what I sound like. Yeah. And you're like, well, it's like, maybe you're just listening to your voice through the person who sent you the voicemail or stuff like that, right? I mean, yeah. it's kind of, I, I was thinking about that. So your energy affects what we're, the results that we are, we are hearing and seeing and uh, what's coming up on your computer and like your energy affects the results. And that, not only, I think that might happen. Yeah. Not only picture. that, but like you said, I think like, like the picture and does the other person's energy, you're not, you and I, our energy is going to affect it. The people watching and listening, even from the future, right? Their energy is going to affect it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's true. true. No? That's absolutely true. Oh, I was like, oh, where did I go wrong? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I it's a Sam, just to my own take on that is yes, that's exactly right. Somebody snaps a picture of you from one angle. You could get now I've actually had this done in public speaking events. Okay. I've had paparazzi and other people there. They, we've taken all sorts of different pictures, video angles, so on and so forth. <laughs> Some of those are really freaking flattering. Some of them not so much. <laughs> right, yet. right. And so <laughs> I think that the operation of any sort of instrumentation, whether it's a camera or a cell phone or you know, whatever else is really an extension of the person who's operating it. And part of which is their perception. How are they seeing the world? How are they looking through the world? And are they like a, a well-trained photographer takes a lot of time to actually find the right shots that are that show the beauty of the moment or show the ugliness of the moment, depending on what they're trying to portray. And so they have a certain ability to do these things. And I, I think that everybody does on a subconscious level, whether they bring it to the conscious mind or not. And so, yeah, that, that's my own two cents on that. I totally think it. Real yeah. quick, what, whoever has it, there's a box in the middle of the screen that's a Zoom, just uh, oh, notification. Yeah. You might want to click on that real quick. Uh, so. I did I did that. So hopefully that works out. Um, and if not, if this stream is interrupted for any reason, we will come right back to you and like at the same place. So just stick with us. Same and I, bat time, I, same <laughs> bat channel. I just have to say that I think YouTube, therefore, must like hate me because every time it picks a thumbnail before I upload my own for the live stream, it's like me being like, eh, like the weirdest like <laughs> pose I could ever have. So that's the way YouTube sees me. They hate truthers. I'll tell you that right now. It's for sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so... Uh, even if you guys are going to talk, I'm feeling balanced. I'm feeling good. I'm going to go ahead and start taking my intake clearances and uh, feel free to keep talking to whatever, but we're just going to see EQ and you'll hear a beep when we get the answer. So, I was just oh. considering if Sam and I did this for us, what it would look like. Cause this is one of the things that I was like, maybe I shouldn't get my own IDF machine. Like, will I even be able to use it? You know? I think maybe we should do the screen down just so that because it's is it on your guys' screen the um not Zoom? anymore. I think you can close oh, it. Okay. I hope. Yeah. Me? And I'm, I'm not seeing it, and I'm not. Oh, seeing it is it. me. Okay, it was me. Wow. It That's it was crazy. me, and I and I took care of it right then. But I. But yeah. Oh snap! <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I need to take my own advice. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, yours is also doing it. <laughs> Whatever. Mine was there too, which is really weird. Huh. And as far as I know, we're allowed to have two people for as long as we want. So whatever. (laughs) 
So just in case anyone's listening and not watching, so far Phoenix's numbers have all been 100-0 or right within, like, a, what, under one. One of them is 3.8. Yeah, so my bias <laughs> is showing I have absolutely no bias in favor of something. I have no bias as a negative to turn something down. My energy purity is at 100%. My general vitality is at 100%. My acid alkaline is at 100%. My sodium chloride is at 100%. Now, I've been wow. working on this all day to make sure my energy levels are good just so that I don't have these kinds of things. And anybody who's interested, I've got a free energy tools album that will show you the very same tools that I use in order to call my energy back, to be in the center of my head, all these other things. You can just go to uh, the media tab, uh, hover over it, go to... Uh, Hell, what does it say? It says something like media or, or oh. downloads or something. And yeah, what is your website so they can go check this all out, Phoenix? Yeah, that's a phoenixaurelius.org. Just my first name, last name, .org. And uh, you'll go to the media tab, check on it. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what the hell that it says, but it's not the podcast. It's not my donations. It it's says not... media, and then you go down to tools and resources. There you go, tools and resources. And that's the only one that's up there. Right. Uh, typically, it's $10. If you want to donate $10 to my research society to download this, I would really appreciate it because I rely 100% on donations from the public in order to fund this research. But I'm also giving away for free to Rogue Ways listeners. Just enter in uh, coupon code Rogue Ways, all one word, R-O-G-U-E-W-A-Y-S. And uh, that will discount all $10 in the cart. You can download it for free and perform it. Um, you know, the only caveat is that I released that 10 or 11 years ago now. And uh, the information is still just as valid. It just doesn't have my modern branding because I was doing a, a different branding at the time. So. Would you have cornrows back then? Yeah, hell yeah. No, I did not. <laughs> man, no, I started balding at 16, actually. I never had cornrows, man. I got a solar panel. <laughs> you look good, though, brother. You look good. Thank you, man. Yes, and thank you. All and right. all, all tinfoil hat peeps are, uh, the swarm is welcome to use the Rogue Ways promo code as well. Oh, yeah. Please do, swarm. <laughs> please. Please, yeah. please support the both of these people if you get a chance. Thank all you. right, so now we're going to ask some questions. Uh, basically, all of these are word tunings, so I don't need to find particular uh, tuning keys that um, each one of these come into. We basically just ask our questions. I take the amplitude reading. If it's a yes, no, it's between 0 to 100. 0 to 40 equals no. 41 to 70 equals maybe. 71 to 100 equals yes. And again, items near 0 are all hell no. Items near 100 are all hell yes. And if we have numerical things like how many days, how many, you know, nuts or screws or bolts or whatever else, then, you know, we will be able to calculate that. And if I need to, uh, you know, if it's like there could be up to 10,000 of something, then I will say like how many hundreds of uh, units or how many hundreds of screws or something like that are necessary so that we're still getting uh, the right types of calibrations here. So. Uh, let's start. Who awesome. who has the first first question? Oh my God! I thought you did, but I have some. <laughs> well, you know, I've I've definitely got some. I've got some really interesting ones about missing four one one, but I'd have to kind of. Oh, I'm excited to hear all this. Yeah, I like the missing four one one one. I have one. I have some about uh, SARS CoV two, otherwise known as coronavirus, and Rh negative and Rh positive blood, and then I had a few about 
the heart and vortices and things that I've been reading about that I'm going to talk about with someone who I'm interviewing soon, Dr. Thomas Cowan, who you hooked me up with, Phoenix. And so I have some. I don't know if Sam wants to give one first or Phoenix, you want to pull no, one out No, you guys go first and I'll uh, – I'm let's getting just... some questions about Lebanon. People want to know about Lebanon. But yeah. let's, let's start with some stuff that can kind of whatever you guys think would le- – set the kind of the mood let's yeah. say and get us started simple or whatever you think is the best way to kick it off and then we'll get into it okay Agreed. um go ahead and read the ones about SARS-CoV-2 I'm a little hesitant about doing stuff like that because yeah. I don't want FDA to come in and swoop in but let's let's read the questions and see, see if those are yeah. are, are askable okay so the the specific SARS-CoV-2 one was asking if it if this uh SARS-CoV-2 is targeting specific bloodlines or um RH negative RH positive or like type A type O that type of thing um and then there's some questions about RH negative and positive being uh, whether or not they have to do with Draco, reptilian, extraterrestrial, yes! <laughs> you know, bloodlines okay. or not. Uh, Dude, this is, yeah, this is what we came for. I love right, this. We got some Bigfoot questions, too. <laughs> the rad. Uh, does this uh, target specific bloodlines? That appears to be a 0.0 no. Wow, unexpected. I really thought, because that comes up a lot, you know, throughout this whole entire thing. So I well, thought, What perhaps... exactly were you trying to say there? Did Yeah. Are you trying to, well, the question is, does, does COVID affect any specific bloodlines? And... Should, should, we, should we maybe go with the question, like, are there... Viruses like that do bloodlines <laughs> that people are talking about is that how would we word that Phoenix so that people uh, so we we could ask it the right thing but basically you know we talk about the thirteen bloodlines and yeah and what darko or reptilian or any of that stuff is there any way to ask that kind of question because that let's get into that yeah um, are there bloodlines on this planet that are not susceptible to disease I mean let's maybe is that a that. good question to start or, with or or okay yeah let's ask that then then we could ask another like we and then could I, ask another question and then i also wonder if bloodlines is the wrong word like do we mean blood types and is that different okay 0.0 oh. in bloodlines for are there bloodlines on this planet that are not susceptible to disease and okay so i mean let, let's just get as, as dialed in as you want um you know are there blood types do you just want me to replace the word bloodline or blood is line? there like can we say dark draco or darko is there uh, a draco reptilian bloodline yeah ask that let's just get <laughs> into it let's get weird enough with the foreplay let's get to the action specifically the person was asking is that what rh negative is but, oh, that's a great question. But does it even exist is maybe like important first. <laughs> oh my God, everything I believe in is... I know. No? <laughs> so are there draconian bloodlines existing on Earth? Again, that came in at 0.0. Uh, let's just ask reptilian. Reptilian, yeah. You know, man, I've been listening to David Icke. I've been listening to David Wilcox. I've been listening to Project Camelot before a lot of the listeners even had some tinge of awakening, uh, you know, many dozens of years ago. So realistically, um, a lot of this information sounds really great. And from my perspective, the further you dive into it, the more it seems to be a scapegoat for things that are actually much more 
tangible and much more explainable, but right. you know, that's like, which I totally, I totally agree with that. What would you in your research think that would be if, if the, cause I, I never said that I never thought like, Oh, there's actual reptiles. Like, yeah, I always thought that was like maybe a blood, uh, maybe a more re reptilian meaning that they, they were more psychopathic and stuff like that. They, right. you know, they, it's like symbolic. Yeah. 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 And that, that when people said reptiles, that that kind of was just like, so we all knew what we were talking about, you right. know? Uh, so we'd have an understanding. Um, Which seems like, if anything, that would be the, the truer version because at least according to IDF investigation, it was a big, right, right. <laughs> if, it, it, like there's this, you know, it's like how all the, all the elites seem to be related. They like with they're with it. They're all on the same tree. They're just maybe different branches. When you find out like, Barack Obama and George Bush Sr. have the same uh, relative, which is uh, uh, Sam Hinckley. I thought it went so, all the way back to, um, oh my God, the guy who put everybody, at the Impaler, Vlad. Well, well, no, well, that goes back to, uh, you know, the uh, royal family, the Queen Elizabeth, but the, the, the early, the, the, the first relative that they both have in common is a guy named Sam Hinckley, which is kind of interesting because who shot Reagan and then who was vice president, who would have became president if uh, that assassination had become, um, uh, you know, had been completed. And who did John Hinckley say told him to shoot Reagan? Nobody ever talks about that, which <laughs> is so interesting, dude. What did he Which say? Which is George Bush Sr. Uh, he said his cousin George told him to do it. Of course. So I came up with a question while the time that we were talking. Let's just see if this jives with either of you guys. Uh, when something. people describe certain people on Earth as being reptilian, are they describing the quality of people who are operating primarily from the reptilian cortex of their brains? Nice. All right. So there's technically three cortexes for those, or cortices would be the plural of cortex. Cortices. For those listeners that don't know, there are proposed to be the reptilian cortex, the mammalian cortex, and the neocortex, or the limbic brain. So the reptilian cortex deals with things that are immediately gratifying to ourselves, things that make, that help us get somewhere, but don't necessarily help other people. They're not nurturing to their young. They're not nurturing to you know, children or to other people. It's just like, I'm looking out for numero uno, basically. And so there, there's a lot more to it, but that's a large portion if we had to summarize it very easily and, and simply for people what the reptilian cortex does. So should we ask nice. this question then? Yes. Let's okay. do it. Baby needs a new pair of shoes. Come on. <laughs> Big bucks. No way. Stay up there. Wow. There go. Wow. 93.2. Oh. Yeah. So it is that. So and like psychopathy, I'm sure is a well, part of let's, this. Thing. Let's ask about sociopathy because that's definitely something where a sociopath will do whatever he or she needs to do or say in order to. Um, Beans, real quick, within your your um, parameters of right and wrong, how did that answer fall? That would have been definitely within a yes, ninety three point two. So anything from seventy one to one hundred is a yes with items near 100 being all hell yes so 93.2 would be that's affirmative yes. definitely yeah. affirmative like there's yeah. like a, a small nuance somewhere that's not perfect but it's like basically it's true exactly like if we spent maybe you know an hour <laughs> rewording that right. in certain ways then maybe we could get there um so, so basically said what that there's a small group of people with 
more reptilian brain? Is that what we is that what we asked? Well, oh, I bet you that I don't even think that it's a small group. Right. I would say are people who um, are considered sociopaths by modern psychological standards. See, there's some great questions in the, in the chat room, by the way. Typically operating from the reptilian right. cortex. And let's just see where this comes up at. There we go. Oh, the stick pad is a little sticky. I'm gonna wait for that. Those of you who are watching the EQ, you can see that it sticks sometimes and that it needs a second. So when it unsticks, I'll ask the question here. Okay. Oh, so, sticking again. Huh. This this kind of sometimes does it when uh, there's a lot of bandwidth being taken up from the. From Sam, uh, so while we wait for it, Phoenix, uh, while we wait for it, ninety-two. Ah. Ooh. Yeah. So. I, again, this would be solidly affirmative. Anytime that I'm doing, you know, spadiric wellness stuff, anything above a 90 indicates to me like, yes, you are right on the trail. Even if you haven't hit the nail right on the head, you hit it on the head enough that you drove it down. Oh man, that's crazy. Yes. I like someone in the chat is saying that, you know, they've seen in person, the sort of slit eyes. And we've all sort of seen, I think that like, images of that or videos of people like Bill Clinton or whatever turning to slit eyes and you know that recent one of what's her face Kamala Harris like just black eyed you know like I think shit like this happens and I don't necessarily think it means that they're reptilian bloodline or you know that they're I think it means that they're having dark entities inhabit their body or however you want to say that you know influence their soul or whatever and they're being sort of taken over possessed or whatever by that I don't know if we want to ask that question but I just wanted to comment on that because I think you can see that I think now, I've done a it. lot of investigation in this realm, you guys. Um, right. You know, I've trained with Louis Boswick of the Berkeley Psychic Institute, uh, or at least completed the courses that, that Lewis had created. Um, I, I've done lots and lots and lots of different psychic development work for the past 15 years plus. I mean, I remember when I was eight years old, I had my dad lay me down on the floor one time when I had strep throat and take my heartbeat, and he would place his fingers on a different area of my body and say, now feel your heartbeat here, like on my toe on my shoulders, in the center of my head, like all these different places. So I have an introduction to this from wow. very, very early on. Um, typically, the term that we would use inside of the hypnotism and psychic mediumship world, not even mediumship, just psychic development world, would technically be called trance mediumship. And it's where people um, are typically running other people or other beings and energies or, or running entities is another way that we would refer to that uh, at various times where they are electromagnetically within the same vibrational scale. So it's just like tuning forks. You hit a tuning fork here that's 448. You're holding another one in the other hand. You don't even have to get it very close. The one that you didn't strike will start to vibrate. Yeah. And anybody who's played multi-string instruments that operate within octaves, when you're tuning, you usually have to dance the rest of your string so that you don't get the, the interference from that other string ringing out as a harmonic or harmonic synthetic vibration, so on and so forth. And this is really the science behind it is that everything that we know of is operating within the electromagnetic frequency uh, spectrum. But a lot of people who are holding very selfish or very dishonest vibrations actually are attracting entities to them especially if they're using any sort of uh, mind-altering substance. Mm. Adrenochrome, hint, hint. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, we got <laughs> to get into that. Ugh. And so 
there's a lot of um, <laughs> interesting frequencies that people are channeling. And we would call that typically inside of this world, transmediumship, or sometimes it's just known as like unconscious mediumship. It's where they're actually channeling a being through their own energy field because they hold the same sympathetic vibration. Yeah. So um, I, I, let's go ahead and ask that. When we see slit eyes like a reptile or completely black eyes in an individual. And now if, if any of you have seen individuals on methamphetamines that are like completely out of their mind, their eyes are huge, yeah. completely black eyes and they're doing weird things or going into states of rage, this is the exact same thing. Anytime that a person is outside of their own body or energy field, it's like you've just left the house with the door unlocked. And yeah. so any being that's in the neighborhood that might want to walk in, there you have it. That's, you've got space to it. That's 100% of why I quit smoking crystal meth and doing drugs. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Listen, thank you for your honesty. And I, I did the same thing as well. So. <laughs> hey, we're, we're back. We're here and we're fully occupying yeah, thank our bodies. So thank God. Our rules. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see Seems and anybody who's done. thinking about trying it just don't yeah just don't <laughs> yeah it doesn't go no it's never it's never as good as you think it's gonna be i, I don't just... know how we want to phrase this um we could phrase this a couple of different ways but to start off with when we see slit eyes like a reptile or completely black eyes in an individual that appears to be another entity, are they technically running another being in their space? Oh, no. How about this? How okay. about you just take uh, appears to be another entity, just cut that out and just go, are they running, uh, are they being run by another being? Would that okay. be weird? I yeah, think yeah that that's would... great. Oh, yeah. Like that? Yeah, are they be? Uh, I don't know how. Are they uh, run by another being? Are they yeah, being they run, run by? by another being? Okay, yeah. and if if we don't get uh, a hit on this, let's use the word channeling and see if that provides a different answer. Oftentimes, they'll provide pretty similar answers, but we'll just see. Yeah, ninety point wow. three. So. Whoa! Yikes. <laughs> so let's take this answer, and I'll I'll actually I'll save this as its own own uh, thing are they channeling another being so that one was 90.3 there we go that's a that's 100 wow. percent. <laughs> that's huge whoa that's incredible so gross Man. see that's the whole thing it's like i love learning about the occult but i also don't want to let any of that in yeah it's like once you start <laughs> Oh, being open-minded to it, you know, sometimes you let things in and I just want to, I want to learn about, I just want to, I don't want to learn about it. I want to, I want to learn about, but I don't want to get, <laughs> I don't, just... I don't want it to possess yeah. me. So yeah. let, let me tell you the technicalities of that. And it's really simple. And I kind of go into this in that energy album anyway, when you're not in the center of your head in an awareness based perspective, and you're using attention, what's the, what's the term that we use when you're using attention? Your teacher says blank attention. What do they say? Pay. Pay. So <laughs> if you're paying attention, you're literally using attention as a currency in order to be able to buy something. And what you're buying is what they're selling. 
So in some cases with certain entities, if you pay attention to the en en entity, then you are literally getting that entity brought back into your space. You're taking your attention, paying for it, bringing it right back. Yuck. You can be aware of things without paying anything. This is simply a neutral observation-based state of awareness of just saying, yeah, I'm aware of that, but it doesn't impact you. It doesn't get into your energy field. It's not about that. You're noticing where your energy starts and stops, where its energy starts and stops, and the energy that surrounds both of you. Because anytime you're aware of anything, there's three fields of awareness. There's your energy field and your state of awareness. There's their energy field, their state of awareness, the energy field that you are creating together through co-observation oh. and the combined state of awareness. That's it. Wow. And so people really just need to stay in a state of awareness, not attention. And this is where people are giving their power away, personal yeah. power away to so many different entities, so many different beings, so many different ideas, so many different leaders, so many different political persuasions, et cetera, is that they're constantly paying attention to what they're saying. And when you pay for something, you want the trinket that you just paid for. And so it comes back to you. And when we perform possession, uh, like, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, exorcisms on people who have been possessed, you would be surprised everything that makes its way out. It's not just beings, it's ideas, it's influences, it's your parents' conceptions of what they think you should do. It's mm. your teacher stuff saying, hey, you need to pay attention more, you need to do this, or you're really bright, but you don't do this and this and this. People are constantly letting other people's opinions and persuasions into their space because they respect those people. And so they say, you know what's better for me better than I know what's better for me. And they let it into their space. And people do that with demons. People do that with entities. People do that I got to be honest with you, man. That just happened to me. I, I just got this fasting app, right? And I was talking to my girl and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fast. It says I'm going to fast from 7.30 to 9.30. She goes, two hours? That's not fasting. That's just not eating for two hours. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but the app told me. And I'm going to do what the app said. And I look back at it, it was 7.30 at night till 9.30 in the morning. Yes. So she was totally <laughs> right about that. So I want to ask you, so how do how do we differentiate between how do I how do I become aware but not pay attention to it? How do yeah. I do that? This yeah. is really simple. First of all, um, stick your hand out and turn your wrist towards you. So stick your hand directly out in front of you, turn your hand towards you. Approximately that distance all the way around you is where your energy field ends, okay? Oh, really? <laughs> really, really. Now you can make it bigger. You can consciously make it bigger if you want. You can extend your energy field out relatively high, but in general, just walking around, waking, doing things, that's a, approximately the extent of your energy field. Now, once you've defined the boundaries of where you start and stop by doing that and getting just a mental visualization of it, now you go into the center of your head, which is about an inch above the eyes, about an inch and a half back. So if I were to draw a line from this temple to this temple and draw a line from this finger to this finger and then do the same thing this way on the back of my head and the front of my head where those two lines intersect at perpendicular angles, that's approximately the center of your head. It's a cross. And what you do is you just visualize yourself and your energy being in the center of your head. You can even do it with your eyes open and then look at things and just be aware of them. And it's literally as simple as giving yourself a command. I'm going to be aware of something as opposed to paying attention to something. And if you're used to paying attention to things your whole life, 
it will take some practice just like going to the gym. It's just like a, a muscle, you know, you have to work it out. But eventually over a week's time, you'll feel a whole lot more comfortable being in the center of your head because you're not feeling other people's energies. You're not listening to other people's thoughts as if they were facts. You're not taking on other people's emotions or, or thoughts or feelings or other it's things. It's like, like a, observation versus uh, engagement yeah. and yes. becoming consumed with something, right? Like Exactly. So you're aware, you're, you're observing it. I, I, I observe it. I see it, but I'm not consumed with it. I'm not engaging not with it, it and, and giving it my energy. I have exactly, to, because, I have to say, yeah, I've been trying this for, because you brought this up, Phoenix, I think the last show that we did. And so I've been imagining that I've been like pulling myself back into that exact space in my head in as many moments as I can remember to do it. And it really has been amazing even though i'm not that good at it i'm not that good at remembering to do it that frequently but when i do it it's just it's hard to even describe but it's easier to do like eating healthier or it's easier it's harder to get like swept away in something that i like you know like just binge watching something or just the things that you're sort of mindless about it's like um it's easier to not do that shit it's easier to be present and mindful (laughs) yeah i am uh, all yeah man i think this is really important stuff for people to understand I think that what we're seeing right now is people paying attention and not just observing. Uh, On all the news, you're just engaging in it and you're allowing, you're giving it your energy. And I'm just learning more and more. You can't do that, man. You got to observe it, but you got to let it go. And you can't be, you can't let it consume you, man. And in recovery, they call that holding on to resentment. You can't, you can't do that. It just eats your, energy up man that's, yeah, that's exactly all that it does is like your energy if people treated their energy the way that they treat their money they would be so much smarter about how they allow things to impact them and it doesn't mean that you can't like watch something it means that you're watching it from in here and so it's not going to give you the dopamine response of oh i just finished an episode it's not going to give you this addictive feeling it's not going to trigger uh, you know, all of your, your fear and stuff. If you're watching something that might be scary or might, you know, otherwise cause a response, people will typically end up losing interest naturally in things like action movies and scary movies and all these other things, because what they're writing on is they're paying attention to be able to get that adrenaline response or to get that dopamine response. And if they stop spending their energy on that worthless shit, then what ends up happening is that they're just aware of it and they're like, well, this actually doesn't do anything. This isn't helping anything. This isn't helping me. And why would I spend my time or my energy focusing on this when there's huge problems that I can solve? Or when I even, when you're not even sustainable, you know, when you're just out there buying food from the grocery store, you're using energy, you're burning coal, you're doing all the things, you're contributing to the society that you don't even like and the problems that exist in the society. You begin to develop this awareness like, you know what, my energy could be placed in a lot of other more beneficial areas. And that's just a self-realization moment. That's like, ah, oh, shit, I, I should be doing something a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, just like, it's just unbelievable. It's just like the, when you keep it simple, mm. like simplicity is just don't get involved in stuff that isn't personally like affecting you and your family. Outside of that, you got to let it go, man. And it's so simple, but people hate hearing that. 
They did yeah. like if you're like, hey man, the virus isn't that bad. It's not gonna kill you. You really don't need a vaccine. You just need to like take a couple precautions and you'll be fine. No, yes. ah, and they just go nuts with it. And it's just like, uh, okay, man, you're just. A, I think it also comes to the fact that we live in such a a wonderful country. Now it's not perfect by any means. It got a lot of warts. But it's a pretty good country. We got a pretty, a pretty sweet right now, yeah. <laughs> that that it's little thing like that. I mean, we have it so good. We go to horror films. Yeah. We go to we yeah. go to haunted houses to get scared. We have it so good that I go to a store and I get angry that they don't have my favorite brand of something that I want to eat. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, how good exactly. we have it. So we get emotionally that that we need that fight or flight thing. That makes us feel alive. So we get engaged. We're like, we're fighting these people. And it's just like, let it go, man. Well, look at the ego identification of all of that. Like if a person were to be in the center of their head, that would be the awareness that they would have is like, huh, this isn't even me. Like somebody has implanted or solicited these ideas to me. I never would have come up with these ideas on my own. Like Popeye's chicken or that, you know, I need to be against (laughs) this civilization. It's like, no, you don't, you don't get any of that shit. You just simply are in an observation state of awareness. Like, huh, that's interesting, but what's up with my end? And that one trick could actually change and save our humanity yes. as we know it. It could even, in my opinion, completely alter and develop individuals that we consider to be reptilian to operate from the mammalian or even the neocortex with their limbic brains and like transfer just because a person acts one way now does not mean that they're going to be locked in that forever. Great point, dude. Great point. Oh. It, listen, like Buddhists say, and we'll get back to the sheet. It takes one percent of the population to change the the masses, the way the mass thinks, man. And yeah. it's just like we can just get everybody to like turn off, tune out, and walk free, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, you'll be a lot happier. It's yeah. like you're going to stop giving life. all of your emotion, all your energy to those um, energies. You know, they're trying to harvest all of that, whether you're like talking about it as an egregore or as like an actual energy yep. harvesting operation. You know, you're taking that back just by doing that simple action. You're robbing them of, you're not robbing them, they robbed you, but you're just, you're taking it back. You're owning it. You're, then yeah, you can exactly. use it for it's, anything. It's like, Instead of paying the bankers, you're just like, screw it. I can actually get the tomatoes instead of paying you, which ultimately pays the bankers who invested inside of the business who's growing the tomato. I could just fucking put a seed in the ground, pardon my French, <laughs> and ba-boom, you've got your own tomatoes. You just completely disentangled from the system. And yes. the same thing is true with awareness. It's like planting seeds that will ultimately sprout an entire garden and may not happen in the first day, you know, usually you have to wait 30 to 90 days or more before a crop starts to fruit or is ready to eat. But you practice it for three months, you're going to see some real gains. You practice it for five years, you're going to see even better gains. You have a sustainable garden for 15 years, 20 years, 50 years, you're going to see even better gains. And it's going to be like a permaculture food forest by the time that you're done, where you are completely self-sustainable, and you don't rely on the programming that other people are providing you with and soliciting responses and in getting those out of you because you're paying your attention to them. So I'm way stop more excited. Consuming, yeah. Stop consuming. Yes. Start producing. I'm way more excited yeah. about that than I ever was about any drugs. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's better than any drug for sure, because for sure. it builds your personal power and it builds your personal certainty and the whole world. And, <laughs> yeah. The more that you're aware of things like you'll have what most people would call 
a gut feeling or what some people would call intuition. And it becomes so strong, just like a muscle that you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's fake. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And you can calibrate this over time by seeing corroborative data that ultimately comes out. It's like, oh yeah, it's funny because I had uh, the inner feeling that I knew that. And again, it doesn't aggrandize your ego. It doesn't make you say, see, I knew it. It's like, huh, funny. Yeah, I, I already felt that. And it's a whole different response. It's so much better. You know what I do, man? In my life, I live by three words. Be Denzel Washington. That's who I am. <laughs> Denzel Washington yes. in his movies, always just calm, cool, collected, and yeah. never feeds it. No matter how bad the fight is, he's always cool, That's calm. And, and it's allowed me to survive my relationship right now. Back to the machine. Yeah, what do we got? I love so, this question. I love so I, this question. I heard another question that you asked uh, earlier, Linz saying uh do you care if i call you that by the way Lynn's no you're, Lindsay? you're yeah. good okay <laughs> that's cool. awesome i feel like we're cool enough that i need to abbreviate it you're now. in the you're in the inner circle <laughs> fair enough i love it dude i so, love it um are people who have rh negative blood uh let's say do not are that doesn't make sense do <laughs> people who have rh negative blood originate from extraterrestrial origin nice um let's see what that's all about i've always wondered about this Oh. 0.0 no man what is it then <laughs> um well i think that at some point you know what i did i did some interesting uh stuff for a woman named michelle devries i think is her name and she and i were working on some missing 411 kind of stuff because she's, she's writing a master's thesis actually about all of this stuff and using david Poliades' works and a couple of other people um, and, and she talked to me and she said, don't use the term extraterrestrial, use the term interdimensional. So oh, let's ask point. that. Ooh, I like that a lot more. Yeah. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> 91.3. So, so let's just ask if people with RH positive blood originate from interdimensional origin. Oh, good point. Nope. Dude, oh, wow. and let's ask that same, just to be fair, about extraterrestrial origin with RH okay. blood, and then that way we can rule rule out the variables here. I get like fucked up, like I get like a feeling in my chest where I'm like, "It's gonna be like every time." <laughs> yeah, you're like, it's like we're on a game show. Come yes. on, no whammy. <laughs> Seriously, playing roulette. Was he you know, seven, seven, seven? Yes. All right. So, um, so do people no. have RH uh, who have RH blood originate from either extraterrestrial or interdimensional origins? No. So let's just say terrestrial origin, mm. because that would. The, that would what? imply flat earth over the over the ice wall <laughs> let's see there we go so that i was dialing kind of fast but it beeped at around 82.3 so i'm just gonna go a little slower here uh 80.8 .8. so i was a little early with my with my dial last time so people have rh blood originate from terrestrial origin this is an 80.8 .8. that to me says yeah yeah you need to ask something else about that so i'm gonna say um, do they originate from, uh, yeah, 
<laughs> man, to try and make this as, as like non-denominational as possible for people who might be flat earthers oh. and, and detest concepts like planets, let's just say from Earth. Okay. Oh, my my stick pad EQ wasn't working, so let's give, give it just a second. All right, while we're waiting for that, I just want to tell everybody listening, I will be at... Um, the Skyline Comedy Cafe in Appleton, Wisconsin, September 10th through the 12th. So go check it out. I'm there all weekend doing stand-up. It's limited seating because they got small. It's only 125 seats a show. So grab your tickets now. It's That is the Skyline Comedy Cafe in Appleton. It's one of my favorite places to perform. In Wisconsin, that's awesome. It's hey, dude. It's actually got the highest rate of alcoholism in anywhere in the United States. Oh wow! Oh, go figure. <laughs> oh, so, so that was RH it. blood originate from Earth, ninety-four point one. Okay. Okay. And let's just ask the same thing about RH negative, because they could be interdimensional beings here on Earth. But you know, this will True. this will help us understand. I don't know why everybody wouldn't want just to be totally involved with this because I know. it's so much. It's so much more interesting than watching Don Lemon on CNN, right? <laughs> yes. What's yeah. weird is that there's this is the same no thing content. I encountered with my students as well, is that sometimes you run out of questions and people don't even know what question to ask. And for me, it's because I'm like, have so many that when it comes down to asking them, I forget, like, what do I even want to know? You get overwhelmed. <laughs> but there's other people who have literally no questions. They just don't. I, I don't know. I want to know, know the percentage of people who have no questions in their mind. <laughs> yeah, that, man. I, I almost <laughs> want to know, see if they even have neurotransmitters that are firing properly. They're like NPCs. Right, so <laughs> yeah. Do people have RH negative blood uh, originate from Earth? The answer was 0.0. No. What? So they're interdimensional so, and don't come from Earth? But they're not extraterrestrial? What does it they're mean? They're not extraterrestrial. They're interdimensional, which means so. Realms, do... man. That's what I believe in. Realms. Yeah. How? Higher frequency, lower frequency. That's what I really do believe oh, in. Oh, I get it. Wow. Do extraterrestrial beings exist? That was uh, 0, 0.0. If I ask that same thing about interdimensional, which I'm just doing this because I did this the other day yeah. already and already got these results, actually. But I just want to show people what I have already come to find out through IDF data. There you go. Wow. Oh my <laughs> God. Okay, but I don't, I don't, I still am not really understanding how you can be from Earth, but interdimensional, but not extraterrestrial. It's just the realm, so the realm's inter idea. Interdimensional means that you can exist in multiple different dimensions. It could yeah. actually be the very same Earth, oh. but that you exist in a different dimension on Earth. And wow. the way that we came to this was that. We said, you know, in cases like David Politi's missing 411, some people are like, you can hear them saying yes. things, but they're not there. They were there just a second ago. Now they're not. There's this woman, I forget her name. I just ordered the book. I don't yet have it, but she wrote a book called Time Storms. Mm. And um, essentially she was saying that there's basically like these time storms or interdimensional something or another that cause it so that people occupy actually what we would consider to be the same space, just in a different dimension. So imagine that there are multiple different filaments to the same stream. You exist on one of those filaments, 
And from your perspective, you're such a tiny perspective that the distance between you and another filament is really high. Wow. But if you zoom out, it all looks like one string, yeah. actually. And so this is kind of the way that, that it's been described to me that multiple dimensions okay. exist and that they can exist in the same way. I also that makes sense. apprenticed for a while with an alchemical hypnotherapist uh, and hypnotist, actually, named uh, Ronald Locklear Vinyl. And this guy was awesome. He wrote a book called uh, Journeys to the 10th Dimension or something like that. And basically, he was doing very similar work, investigative work to Dolores Cannon, who wrote Convoluted Universe, uh, the, the entire series of the Convoluted Universe. And basically, they would put people into hypnosis, especially people who were well trained in uh, psychic projection or in you know, uh, psychic espionage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, astral projection, so, so on and so forth. And they would perform um, visioning where they would go to other places in a completely subconscious state of mind under hypnosis. And what they would find, what they would bring back is all of this information. And Ron ended up taking all of this information and publishing it anonymously so as not to talk about who his clients were and put it into a book. And so if you've read Dolores Cannon's work, if you've read uh, Lynn Buchanan's work or Buchanan, however you want to pronounce that, if you've read Ronald Locklear Vinyl's work, if you read other work along those lines, you'll find out that the concept of dimensions is not as woo-woo as the new age, we're moving to the fifth dimension yeah. kind of people <laughs> make it seem. Um, and not to discredit that because that's some sort of perception they have as well. Yeah. But, you know, it sounds really ungrounded when they say it, when you put it all together with other information, it doesn't sound that crazy. So interdimensional right. beings. So where did these beings go? Well, she used this analogy, this Michelle woman used this analogy that it's like fishing. You're standing above the water and you throw a fishing hook down and these are the instruments to abduct yeah. or make a fish miss. And this fish is just going about its life <laughs> and it's like, oh damn, food. It eats something, all of a sudden it has this crazy experience where it gets drawn out of it by some sky daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and gets, you know, or sky mama. And it gets, you know, it has this crazy painful experience. It gets hooked, it gets released, or it gets like disemboweled and you like yeah. <laughs> gut the fish and all that's found are the guts or something sometimes. To us, that's a perfectly explainable scenario. And the person who's fishing isn't an evil person for no. fishing, unless you're like a radical vegan. But they're just like, it's just somebody who is just doing their thing, finding food, living sustainably from the earth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But from the fish's perspective, especially if it's a catch and release situation, it goes down and tells all the other fish like, oh, shit, this, this was, was crazy. crazy. All the yeah. other fish don't have this type of experience. And so they don't even know how to process that. They're like, yeah, they're like Dude, don't that to Tom. He's talking yeah. about those people again. <laughs> exactly. And so. It's, she relates it to that as like, I think that that's probably what's going on. And yeah. she she works with, um, she calls it her future self. So, hmm. it, you know, maybe some people would call it higher selves. Maybe some people would call it spirit guide. Maybe some people would call it, you know, whatever. She calls it her future self because that's the way she can rationalize it best. Yeah. But she says her future self will authenticate or deny information based on what she offers and tell her like suggest things to her like well that's not the way it happens or this is the way that it happens or add little bits of clarification she said that her future self indicated that it works almost exactly like that and that there's no necessary soul contracts that people are making being mm -hmm. like oh yeah i'm going to go to earth and then i agreed to be abducted at some point it's just like if you're in the right place or the wrong place 
at the right time, then what ends up happening is that these beings, just like we have the right to go and fish or to, to wild harvest an herb or to do anything else, that herb wasn't expecting me to hike through the freaking forest and to find it and pluck right. it out of the ground. <laughs> but it still happened. So, you know, is that kind of what's going on? And if yeah. I tear off parts of that herb that I don't need and I leave it on the floor, now the rest of the herbs in the forest floor might be like, whoa, did you see that extraterrestrial creature thing that was... It's the same exact thing. It's a, that's a perfect analogy for it is just understanding that there are multiple dimensions that might be interacting with this dimension in a way where they don't really care or understand how they might be interfacing with our dimension because it's of negligible interest huh. to them. It's like, it's not even that important. Yeah. We'll make great pets. Yeah. We'll make great pets. We'll make great pets. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Uh, you know, I totally agree. Could you? Could we ask some? Some people want questions about Bigfoot. Can we ask about Bigfoot? Uh, I always want to know because there's this whole theory that is that too specific about. Um, I think Bigfoot uh, is interdimensional. But, yeah, is he an interdimensional uh, 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 traveler? We answered this the other day too, but let's do it for this audience. So, do beings known as Yetis and or Bigfoot actually exists. Oh, here we go. Uh, Drum roll, please. Ooh, <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> now, check this out. I was out. so afraid of that one. I'm like, <laughs> like that. all my beliefs and everything. And right. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. This is going to be yes. I can feel it. Give it to me. Hundred. Whoa. Hundred. <laughs> Whoa. They are interdimensional so entities. This, yeah. The reason you don't hear me being like, oh, damn, that's crazy. You because I <laughs> already did this one the other day and we got the exact same results. So um, um, I, I feel that that's something that people need to realize is that there are, there are entities, whether you want to refer to them as entities, beings, whatever, there are entities that do exist and can interface with this particular dimension that are interdimensional, meaning that they can move between specific dimensions. Even human beings can. This is where uh, remote viewing and astral projection and other things like the lucid dreaming. True. Like, where, where, where are you in your dreams? Okay, if you're not traveling to another dimension, then I don't know what the hell that you're doing. Right. And that's what lucid dreaming is really all about, is being able to access a dimension that is more buoyant than this. And traditionally in the esoteric literature, we would refer to that as the astral plane. And people who master astral projection in their waking state can typically carry that over into their dream state very, very easily because it's just maintaining a state of awareness and using the very same techniques that you would in astral projection in waking state, but doing it before you go to bed hmm. and then literally meditating yourself into a dream state or into another brain wavelength. And when you're doing that, you have the ability to operate in different dimensions. In fact, one thing that I would like to point out is that there are multiple different brain wavelengths that people have access to, alpha, beta, gamma, delta, et cetera, theta. Now, people have the ability to, to access every single one of those states of consciousness, and they're entirely different. So if you were in the same situation and you were acting out of an alpha wave, wavelength, in your brain, you're going to perceive something entirely different than if you were in beta, gamma, delta, theta. Hmm. 
And that's absolutely critical for people to understand. So humans themselves are actually interdimensional beings. They're just usually not consciously utilizing it. And they're just, they're, by and large, people just don't act from the conscious mind at all. Yeah. They're almost so trained not to be. Absolutely. Like I have this, I, who was I talking to today? But I have this real belief that they're, they're part of this push to get kids back into school. Which I, I, you know, you talk to teachers like we gotta get back to school. Most of them because I like they're just running around crazy. I need a break. <laughs> I need them in school, yeah. which I totally understand. But you're like, why? Why are the powers that be really, really want to get kids back into school? And, and I'm sure some of it has to do with like really caring. I, I totally respect that. But there's also <laughs> a, a thing that these kids are in our our our, our brainwashing. Uh, setting a certain way of thinking mindset, uh, Rockefeller developed school system. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's mind well, control. And, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well. Lindsay can actually yeah. respond to this from a very, very educated perspective, being a board certified teacher. But I can also say, being involved in alternative education resource organization, a number of other uh, organizations like this for years, I can also speak to it myself too, saying, Listen, the types of education that are very Rockefeller based or very, you know, state sponsored, federally sponsored, they have an agenda. And the agenda is to be able to teach people what they want them to know and not more than what they want them to know, because it's about being a quote unquote productive citizen within the context of the community that already exists. And so they want to teach you about the government that exists right now. And they get away with that, calling this social studies. They don't teach you about all of the different types of governments that do exist or what could exist or how to make it better. They don't ask people how to critically think. They give you a narrow band of what to think. And there are a few options within that just enough to give people the illusion of freedom uh, of, of learning something. But they don't teach people how to think exactly or how to ask really potent questions. And Absolutely. I think that this is really the main key to our education system today and why they're pushing it. Because if they can get kids to influence their parents, that it's really important to wear masks. And today in health, we learned about this virus yeah. and that virus. Then it reinforces and puts pressure again on the families back home to conform to the sociological uh, ways of life that are being promoted by the media and so on and so forth so you know yes, uh, absolutely uh, reinforces it uh, well, and within the system those who are best at fitting into this system get rewarded those who follow the rules the best not necessarily the smartest no but the ones <laughs> who follow the rules the best and... and we see that a lot with uh you know i don't want to be disrespectful to anybody but the notion that somebody is a doctor yeah. or a scientist means they know more than anybody else. Well, a lot of it has to do with they're the best at regurgitating the talking points that are recognized as the, you know, the, the right answer that the powers that be want in, in totally. school. If you do not follow that, you get pounded on. You get thrown into tension for not even necessarily being like uh, disruptive or uh fighting or being verbally abusive, but more that you're just not fitting within the parameters. The, 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 uh, did we lose? I think we might have lost him for a second. Phoenix left. 
Hopefully he's coming right Phoenix back. Left. Oh, I got this great machine. <laughs> yeah. okay. Tell me. Let's see what we well, got. I want to point out too that the system is also forcing, enforcing, reinforcing, creating kids who cannot think in another way. So we're actually like killing kids' ability to um, think. And there's this thing that they do. It's called the genius test by some. It's called the divergent thinking test by others. And in kindergarten and preschool, kids are literally scoring at the genius level on this test and of divergent thinking. And every year of education that they test them, they score lower and lower and lower until the point when you graduate and you are down at the bottom and you cannot divergent think. And that is fucked up. <laughs> and then I also wanted to point out that my students who were there, there he is. Yeah, you're back. I was afraid I was going to have to do this without you. Brother. Yeah, we're like, But the kids who were the brightest, the, the most intelligent students I had, I couldn't even convince them that they were the smartest kids I had because they had been trained for so long that they were stupid and that they were not capable. And that was the saddest part of teaching is those kids, the brightest kids thought they were the stupidest. It's like I used to study for classes and believe me, I, I'm, I'm functionally illiterate. Okay. <laughs> like I true. just know enough literacy to function in our society, <laughs> but um, you know, I would, I would study for tests. And I would be studying with these people like, oh, you got it. And then I would take the test and I would flunk horribly because I didn't answer the question the way the teacher wanted it answered, whether it was, uh, you know, and I would always take a beating. But once you get out and we got in this new world and where I make my own rules, suddenly I'm flourishing, right? It's like get out of the system and you'll be fine. If you rely on the system, that's where the problem is. You were a genius all along. They were just holding you back. <laughs> exactly. Well, That's is... Sam's story, and he's sticking to it. Yes. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> well, this is why other teachers hated me, because I'd be the one that'd be like, no, that, that answer actually should get extra points, because they answered it in a way we didn't even expect and is actually correct and true, and they'd be like, get out of here. My parents get are both teachers. Here. I have no problems with teachers. <laughs> they do incredibly uh, hard job. It's very underappreciated. But the system that they are in isn't set to do no. what a lot of us hope it does. And it's not, they're not bad people. They're, you... they're actually doing it out of love because it's not yeah. really out of money no. because they, because <laughs> they pulled so much money out of the education system. And if you but, try to do it in any other way, you get pushed out. <laughs> you get, Oh, that's everything. Yeah. Science. Yeah. It's like, you know, these findings, it's like, what are, what are we looking for? But back to this, um, what else are we going to look at? I'm, Dude, that Bigfoot stuff was amazing. That interdimensional. Well, let's go back to another question uh, from a listener. I'm not sure who this one's from. These were all ones that uh, Lindsay had shared with me earlier. But is there a geomagnetic effect currently affecting plant growth in an anomalous way? I guess a lot of people are reporting it's like super huge growth or like not any growth. Oh, so no. (laughs) No. I I don't think that it's geomagnetism. I think that what a lot of people are probably seeing is dispersion of archaea and bacteria, especially if they live on the eastern seaboard. A lot of sand moved from the Sahara Desert uh, uh, this year, and it moved all the way across the the ocean. If they're not anywhere near the Sahara, the winds are still operating. So the same dust, like if, if you take a look and read any of Phil Callahan's books, or even just study agriculture and ecology, you'll find out that a uh, huge part of soil erosion carries soil to other places and that happens by wind and by water and if you happen to be downstream or downwind from where these soils are eroding then you are the beneficiary of the organisms that were contained inside of there because they're they're small and they can move on small little grains of sand 
And just like a bacterial culture in a Petri dish, you don't need a lot to inoculate that entire Petri dish. Over time, it's going to self-proliferate. It will be large enough that you have a very large sample to draw from. And the same is true with soil science. You see it all the time with fungi um, and other things. Archaea will typically make your plants really big. And bacteria will typically make your plants more nutrient dense. And fungi will typically break apart toxicities in the soil. Now, there are bacteria and archaea and fungi that will do all of those things. But just as a general rule of thumb, so to speak, that's kind of what you're looking at. Wow. I love this. Can this I so... go back to the RH thing or the interdimensional thing? And Or maybe we don't even need to ask this. I don't know. But is is the other dimension that the RH negative is coming from, is it like a future dimension? Is it a dimension of time? Or is it a, like, Ooh. do you know what I mean? Or is it like an energetic dimension? Or I don't even know how to phrase uh, what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah, it's the dimension that RH negative individuals originate from a dimension from a future or alternate timeline. Yeah. Oh, this shit is sticky. One sec. Okay, here we go. Oh. No. Okay, so it's not like time splitters. Okay. Um, now <laughs> let's just ask one more question just Mandela to get an idea. People. <laughs> Is it from a, let's see, from the dimension of the astral plane, which would typically be considered the lower fourth dimension uh, in most metaphysical texts? Ah! Oh, God. And the answer to that is 0. 0.0. <laughs> so I don't know what else to ask right now, but maybe we can do that Sorry. on a follow-up show. Okay. I, I, huh. uh, can I ask a question? Um, yes. Do we ask about realms? Do we yeah. live in a realm? Do we live on a flat earth? What, I mean, is it a, a globe hurling through space? Which one? Well, what do you think? What What do you guys think we should ask? We did. Okay, so I've done multiple different shows on this already i don't really want to go into this because i get so much hate mail like overwhelming <laughs> amount of hate mail God, because okay. people have it destroys chill. people's belief systems when they they think that i have the prerogative they say that i'm you know doing this thing or that thing or altering the results and i'm, I'm really not interested in getting into that kind of contention uh this time around and even if we did know that information we have to ask ourselves how is it actually going to help us so in fact most of the questions that we have right now aren't helping find missing people. They're not doing things that are really going to help our society. So if we can, I would like to shift gears to a couple of questions about sustainability um, to see if the sustainable efforts that are being made right now are actually even making a difference. And I have some questions from a Facebook friend of mine uh, who lives here in the state of Utah, who his name is Moshi Rona. And he says, are our sustainable practices like permaculture futile within city and urban limits? So let's actually question. Because I think also on that same topic that people are buying all these electric cars, you know, and I feel like they're worse or just as bad, you know, for their toxic. That is self-evident. See, this is where, where I want people to not rely on technologies like this when the answer is abundantly available with right. half an hour of dedicated good research. If you know how to ask the right question, you'll come up with the right answers. That's true. If you look on ty- Toyota's 
uh, website, when they talk about a Prius, they admit that it takes more resources and that it's less environmentally sound to actually produce batteries regularly for things like Priuses and electric cars than it is to use what we currently call petroleum fuels. I know and, that myself, but I don't. I try to tell people, and they're like, "No, it's better. Everyone knows that." And I'm like, "No, nobody knows that." Manufacturers who did the research on this, because you don't just come up with an idea and say, "Hey, let's go ahead and make it," and then a corporation makes it. There's a lot right. of research and development that goes into it. Yeah. But then they weigh that research and development, and the environmental costs and tolls and everything else all against Money. the consumer demand. Yeah. And if the consumer demand is higher because of the public perception, then the ultimate goal is, well, there's money to be made in it. Should we deny ourselves and not be a leader in this, this realm just because we don't feel that it's ethical and that other people want it? If they want it, they're gonna buy it somewhere. Shouldn't they buy it from us? And for me, I feel that that's the most unethical way to go about life. Yeah, right. people are gonna do lots of shit. People are gonna look at child porn. Does that mean that you shouldn't provide it? Fuck right. yes, it does. Pardon my friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, Damn you. Just, yeah, I totally agree with that, by the way. That's an appropriate way to say fuck, for sure. Yeah, you're allowed <laughs> to use it in that. In yeah. that uh, um, so, I, yeah, I think like, realistically people will do a lot of things because they're searching for themselves they lose themselves they don't know like just because people are going to buy meth should we start providing it to them like come on like no, it, please don't it's it's that very same thing as like adhd <laughs> we have to as a society big up ourselves to borrow a line from ollie g um because if we don't then we're constantly operating in this realm of very poor ethics that actually creates subservience because we're preying upon the ignorance apathy and lack of of just humanity that other people the states of, of human depravity that people are existing in yeah. in order to make capital gain and to me that is the root evil of everything i couldn't agree on more. this planet yeah we've gotten away from truth We've gotten away from honesty, uh, business, money over uh, humanity. Mm -hmm. uh, I just did an episode with Bishop Larry Gators, and he was talking about how actually the food that people are eating is basically changing their DNA, changing the way they way they think. It's kind of like uh, you know in the animal kingdom where that one virus gets into a mouse. And then the mouth just the yeah. mouth just runs towards a cat, or yeah. um, you know uh, you see that in insects. A virus gets yes. into an insect. It, the insect climbs to the highest thing, and it just explodes yeah. and against its own best will. And it's kind of what's going on with food. That the food that they're eating in more of these uh, you know lower income areas is not good, and actually is training them to think in a way that isn't best for them. There's uh, and not to get political here, but there's also studies about birth control. Now, I, I'm not I have no take on that. I think if a woman wants to take birth control, she should 100 percent be allowed to. That's not the point. Of my, but right. they've done studies that when women are on birth control, they're actually more attracted to the more uh, dangerous bad really? boy traits than, uh, you know, when they're off it. Huh. It's actually and that's. That is so neurochemical. Like I wish, I wish that I could just not even have to talk about things and just transmit what the hell I've already studied for like the yeah. last 20 years <laughs> to people because this is so neurochemical. When you alter the hormones and the neurotransmitters that are responsible for human fertility, whether male or female, 
you're altering the neurotransmitters and the hormones that are necessary for a wide range of biological functions, including critical thinking. And so a lot of people literally, when they engage in food sources or lifestyles or behaviors or chemical medicines or contraceptives or other things like that, not like putting on a condom, that's not going to alter so much of, of things. Same with the diaphragm. But when you're engaging in chemically, pharmaceutically created birth controls, what they're doing is altering the hormone structure that are going to have multiple different ramifications in your life, not just making you fat, which you might notice because you're more conscious and aware of your weight gain than you are of subtle things like, how am I relating to people? Am I a better person? Am yeah. I still fully aware of myself? You know, how are, how's my dopamine working? What are my serotonin uh, traits looking like? So on and so forth. If people would be equally as conscious of that as they are about the things pertaining to their vanity, then we would see people who are very self-aware around these facts and would choose naturally like, nah, this is messing with me in a lot of different ways. But people are very, by and large, they don't even know what to look for. They're unaware of being unaware. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that, they're that's focused dangerous. on the wrong things. They've been trained, you know, on the yes. wrong things to focus, to worship the wrong things. Man, I remember from like fourth grade on, they were teaching us about birth control, you know, yeah. um, and so like you <laughs> and can't now they're teaching hope. about like how to have um anal sex and be trans yeah, yeah. i mean some people think sex education is about how to eat better but excuse my yeah, french yeah yeah seriously it's to be like dude this is what happens when you do when a penis enters a vagina <laughs> and you know or or rectum whatever you yeah. want. but it's not about how to be better at reach around no. you know it's just, yeah. <laughs> sorry about all that but it's just the truth i mean people are yeah. just putting their own their own crap into this stuff when it comes to children they it's just meant to teach you what biologically is happening right right well and, and i to think be that safe. they should also <laughs> extend that into the energetic spectrum yeah too. Like, here, here. How are you, how are, is your electromagnetic field and energetic space interacting with another person's energetic space? So like, for instance, if we defined our field as approximately putting our hand in front of us, turning our palm towards us and defining all that space around us, what happens when other people get inside of your field? How is that interacting with your own electromagnetic vibration? What other people's energies are you taking on consciously by choosing to do this? And how does that interact you? And what types of of relationship, what types of karma are you generating? What yeah. types of dharma are you generating by engaging in these actions? If people would learn that level of stuff, I guarantee that people would have safe sex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Agreed. All right. So, but let's go back to Moshi's question, oh, which yeah. is: uh, Are our sustainable practices, i.e., permaculture, futile within city and urban limits? And let's just see what we get. Uh, this is a maybe. Yeah. So let's say I think futile is like a really extreme word. That means like absolutely worthless. And it's like, well, you're still going to get food and you're still going to increase the soil health. So maybe futile is not diminished, diminished. in its effectiveness yeah. within city. Yeah, there we go. Okay, and that's even still like 84.2. So I've got a caveat to that, which I have studied this for almost 20 years now. And we're going to say, without using proper microbiological, biological ferments and uh, preparations. And there you have it, wow. 100%. Cool. 
Wow. So, so in, in dumb person, what'd you just ask? Yeah. So what's I basically the... just asked if various microbe sets, like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm going to drop some huge bombs right here that everybody needs to know about. Okay. Mm. Openheimer uh, Biotechnologies or OBIO.com. You've got to go there. You've got to order Aquazyme. First one, you have to add that to your water at least once to twice a week. And you have to begin putting that into the soil. Those are largely microbiological archaea is what they're called. So there's bacteria, fungi, archaea that are our main microbes inside of the soil. What the archaea are going to do is they're going to break down major toxicities. We're talking aluminum. We're talking barium. We're talking strontium. We're talking petroleum. Wow. We're talking so many different types of toxicities that are inside the soil. They're going to actually break it down, render it into its molecular counterparts. So hydrogen, oxygen. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, it might be like a carbon dioxide. That's why I say molecular, not just atomic. Um, and they're going to render it into usable states that can be taken up by plants in a healthy way. So they are performing biological transmutation and decomposition of dangerous compounds for us. Aquazyme, number one, spagyrozyme, number two. If you want to order that in large quantities, just go ahead and reach out to me. I call that alchemazyme when it's used for the soil because it's part of my alchemical philosophy okay. uh people can, can use you that. send us uh links for this so that we could add when we put this out in our, oh, our hell yeah. feeds yeah. that we could put that in the um yeah and the, i just uh, Lindsay, you are so great with notes can you just yes. add a note to send me an email to remind me about this and i'll provide those links got it um also um, you, you need to, besides Aquazyme, and sometimes you might need Oppenheimer Formula 1 or Oppenheimer Formula 2, depending on the state of toxicity, but Aquazyme is water-soluble. It can be used in fresh water. It can be used in salt water, like the ocean. It can be used in brackish water, it can, which is like well water and contaminated water sources. It can be used in uh, soil environments. It can be used like anywhere. I used it in my aquaponic systems in order to treat bladder infections of my fish that they were constantly getting, of all of my tilapia that they were constantly getting just because of the state of the water, even though it was being filtered through biochar and all these other things, Aquazyme is absolutely critical for that. And it would also, along with shilajit and a few other trace, trace minerals that I would throw in for my fish, act as a, a booster for them. They would be more meaty. They would have uh, stronger... Dust the towels, no wax, straight meltdash, dust the ashes. 
turbans while the niggas perkin'. It's on purpose. My service touches the sun's surface and rainbows touch serpents. My light all night shines so bright. I'm a star for eons. Hollywood's for peons. Cause they try to copy the same shit we on. Hey, I ain't done yet. Lungs depleted and can't breathe. Can't believe it. Trying to seek it while trying to peep it. It's a secret. Now you know, buddy. Label somebody. Trying to claim John Gotti. It's yours truly. God, body. When you're doing things like that, you're directly impacting your community and making a change, whether you realize it or not. So keep on keeping on. I accidentally um, just played the outro music. So everyone was like, what the hell? We're still talking. And there's like outro music playing. My bad. It's all good now. <laughs> all good. So yeah, go ahead and give us some questions, Sam. Uh, I would like to I would like to ask a question about, um, you know, what's can we ask about anything that's going to happen? in the future with the election is that something you want to talk about or is that too political or maybe what's going on with hollywood right now a lot of you know, instead of asking like what will happen because here, here's the truth about things that are happening in a future timeline is that they're not set in stone so we could okay. ask what would happen and then people would develop beliefs based on that and possibly feel hopeless what we should really ask about are giving ourselves ideas about what we can do to alter the course of the election because those are going to be things that empower people and give us a direction to work towards to be able to make an efficient change can we say can we actually take down the worldwide pedophilia network i would whatever? love that i want to know if if, if I, and i'm being so many this too specific if if joe biden will actually make it to the election is that that is that too specific? Is that because, I mean, there's this whole, but people are play, basically play, pacing, pl, uh, placing bets right now. Like he's, like he's not even going to. That's somebody else. But let's like ask it. this question. Ooh, 95%? 95.6. So yeah. that's really high. Um, now, what we need to do probably in a follow-up episode is we need people who are critical thinkers. And I always say this. You want people to think big, give them something to think big about. Yeah. Um, so in this case, we need people to come up with ideas, practical options. Do we need to start taking people to court? Do we need to start, like, do we need to actually take court to court in order to oust the judges who are corrupt and so on and so forth? What do we, what do we need to do in order to make an actual effect so that we can start to domino their whole system? Because it's really just built on people who are willing to sell their soul uh, in order to gratify their their baser instincts, yeah. their baser senses. And if we can help increase the evolution of those individuals, that's a very viable pathway. Yeah, if yeah. we can actually help parents become more involved in their children's lives so that they're not, you know, susceptible to the types of child predation that exist, that's also another way. Like there are multiple avenues to go about this. And it's the conglomeration of those avenues that I feel that are probably going to be the right way to to work on things um, I love all that's that. as far as i've thought about it yes. i love all of that that's awesome can i ask a question is that is the black nobility i don't know if you guys have ever heard of black nobility yeah. uh is that what is a question we could ask about that do they <laughs> are they still around do they still have the do uh, do they help run the world okay uh, do the quote-unquote, black nobility. 
actually still um, run the world. Let's see. I mean, this this is kind of generalized. So if we don't yeah. get a response that's like maybe or you know, if it if it comes up even like within the late twenties or thirties, then it means that there's some sort of caveat. We need to rephrase it, but uh, just see what we get. Okay, yeah. eighty point eight. And the so, the idea of the black nobility is like a hidden nobility that we don't necessarily know, right? Well, it's along the lines of like the thirteen bloodlines. Right. They're actually, you know, there's the beliefs that it was like Atlantis to you know egyptians to rome like the and hidden. that they're actually rome they're the jesuits uh All they can vatican it's the illuminati. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they actually can they actually create the illuminati right. to infiltrate what they create which was the freemason and all that stuff oh. okay so we're we're about at the same thing are there 13 bloodlines so let's ask this are there more than 13 bloodlines Oh yeah, this is a good question. Yes. Oh. Whoa. Wasn't didn't we do no, we did a different thing, never mind. Okay. So do the the you know um more than thirteen. <laughs> can we ask something um, about um Can we say how many bloodlines? Oh sorry. Yeah. How many bloodlines? Sorry, Sam. No, it's fine. I'm just trying to think of the wording like Kazarians are like such a oh, yeah. um, a debate right now of the planet at present. So how it can give you a number? Yeah, yeah, we can do numbers instead of percentages or whatever. That is 25. not what I was expecting. <laughs> Wow. But that makes sense because, you know, you see all these, um, you see people talk about 13 bloodlines, but, you know, there's like people, there's like a family in China, yeah. the Lee, that are supposedly like, there's, there's like a small group of them that basically run all of China. And are then, they part of the 13 right. bloodlines? And, and they had to have like split off into somewhat of splinters at some point, like. Well, you know, like recently there was talk that like both Tom Hanks and Ellen are both either Rothschilds or Rockefellers. Right. Right. And uh, I believe it. there's there's probably some truth to that. That's not going to help us actually at all. Like people might be like, oh yeah, there, there's some sort of data there. I think this, this uh, question that I'm about to ask will help to turn this into something that we can actually do, which is do the family or do the bloodlines, the 25 bloodlines, that currently control the future destiny of this planet um, maintain control through finances. Nice. 100. <laughs> 100. Whoa. Absolutely. Whoa. So then all we have to do to dismantle them is realize that money is not a real thing. It's an imaginary play Can toy we, we created. <laughs> yeah. Can we have something about the Kazarian Mafia? Yes, absolutely. This is this is, that's a little dangerous territory, but that's yeah. tied up. <laughs> Can people destruct the future timeline of the twenty-five bloodlines controlling the planet, uh, the future 
destiny of the planet this simply is... by uh, choosing to disengage from the current financial models yeah uh or currencies by government yes and yeah there you have it wow so all we have to do is barter and trade buddies yeah <laughs> stop consuming start producing yes will resource-based economies be a practical way for individuals and individual communities to disengage from the current financial model instilled by the 25 bloodlines that's why they always come down when people make their own currencies they come down hard on it yeah 100 100 wow dude I'm telling you, that's <laughs> like when you start to get into that, now you wonder why that Michigan governor stopped letting people sell seeds. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh my God, they're that evil. <laughs> they're that evil. They're that particular and they're that intentional about what they're doing. Well, I, I don't I don't know if it's necessarily that's evil. I think this is the equivalent of uh, a political jump in, like a gang jump in, where it's like these governors and mayors are trying to show that they're willing to do whatever yeah. it is, even if it's not, even if it's d destructive to their constituents, in order to rise up the level of uh, power structure. That's a good point, and I also think there's people at various levels who think like, "Oh, I'm just doing like what I'm supposed to do," and the other people are like, "No, we need to do it like this so that we can get them into this position." So there's like various levels of schemers, but the people at the top who have the plan and who are doing this on purpose are the true evil. You know, but I mean, like, like a lot of people down. think it's hopeless. I, I just don't. I think it's not. We just I, showed that it wasn't. I think that the the Internet got away from them, man. Me they too. created it and it got away from them. Yes. Whoa. 100% again, is it in the best interest of people to completely disengage from their local politicians and start working within the interests of their local and regional communities? Yeah. <laughs> Simultaneous clapping from me and Sam. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Acting locally thinking globally yes and not in the context of the political structure they have but just as yourself go out in your communities and actually create what you want to see i think guys. yeah i think freedom. that trump is the last of the two-party presidents meaning the last of the democrat republican uh uh political system that we've been forced in uh ooh. i like that oh you know uh, Oh no! <laughs> In the United States, it'd be the last of the president. the last of the presidents, right? Do we got to put presidents in there, or it'd be the last president of the two political party system in the United States? Good Here question, we go! Sam. Oh no! Oh! Yeah. Wow. wow! I did not expect that. I expected to look very bad right there. Wow, nice so job. I, I think that really what people need to do is they need to decide that, listen, we are absolutely fed up. Like, you're telling us this, you're telling us this, you're telling us this, you're restricting us here, you're doing this, when we know inside of our gut instinct that this is the right thing for us to do. Like, to collect rainwater, for instance, yes. to, you know, not wear a mask if if it isn't necessary or if you don't feel like it's going to help you 
you know, all of these different types of things. It's just actually common freaking sense, but people are actually afraid of the repercussions. And what causes fear is that they're paying attention to the laws. They're paying attention to all of these things instead of just doing their own thing and being willing to back it up. Amen. And this is where I feel that so many people have let their liberties be walked on because they don't know how to enforce their own ideas if it came down to that. They don't know how to stand up for their own intellectual ideas. They don't know how to use martial arts or, you know, uh, martial arts also includes, you know, shooting and defense and all these other things in order to defend what is absolutely, honestly, truly their own unique freedoms that they need to to live by. And, Couldn't and agree more. In their heart. And I think Couldn't. that if people would just take that time, you know, it doesn't take a long time to learn how to defend yourself, really. It doesn't take a lot of uh, time to work with your neighbors in such a way that if the police force, the entire county police force were to come, that you and your neighborhood would say, nah, actually, we're not interested in this. You're going to have to kill every single one of us if that's what you want to do in order to stop this, this movement from happening, because yeah. this is something that we absolutely agree in. We want to tear down our fences in the backyard and create our own collective school and grow our own gardens and create our own child daycare because we're not interested in the pervs and molesters who are out there infiltrating our schools and our churches and other things like that. We want to see over and take care of our own. And I, I think agree people more. would take their own responsibility over their own lives for food, for water, for shelter, for the community institutions that they feel are important. It's it's game over for the political situation. It's just that people need to come to the realization not only that that is possible, but that it's a direct reality. And if you went out and you started talking to your neighbors, you would probably find that four out of five of them would agree with you. Even if they disagree about the specifics, that's okay because that's what community is for. You dialogue, you commune, you talk about things that are absolutely important for the resources that you have locally. And if they're, if you're so at odds with your neighbors, that should tell you you're probably not in the right location and you can start to seek out people that are more like-minded. That's what we have here. No, Phoenix, that's well, I think that's well said. I, I don't think people realize that just in California, you can see that, like, it is my belief, guys, that that uh, uh, authority is an illusion. It is, it is, and that is part of what we're talking, the Rockefeller uh, school system, yes. that these powers are at the top, and we must obey them. Yep. And, and when we push back, they wilt, because they have no power. It is the emperor's new clothes, guys. Yes. It is the emperor's new clothes. They only have power because we let them have power. Absolutely. Just in California, counties that said Gavin Newsom kiss our ass, right? He's like, you guys can, okay, you guys can do what you want. I'm going <laughs> to let you guys do that. But and the here. other ones who bent over and became cucks got hammered with these rules. We got a mayor's like, we might come to your house and just cut off the power yeah, if you don't listen to it. Because people <laughs> just bend over. This town is insanely huge. They couldn't stop us if they wanted to. Yeah. yeah well, that's that's so important. Absolutely and this true. started back in school when they when the teacher tried to humiliate you by putting on the dunce hat or putting your head down or whatever in class to try and make you stand out. And there are two real responses that people well, there, there's either a choice of reaction or response. The reaction is to be emotionally embarrassed and just to react to the to the situation. But there are two real responses that people could have if they don't react. One is that it can strengthen their resolve, or two, that it can shatter their resolve. 
And what people need to do is build, rebuild, if they need to, their sense of spiritual certainty, which is to say that, no, I know that what I'm doing is right for me. And this is exactly the way that I need to live. And if they were to live with that resolve, there's not much that people will make you do. Maybe temporarily they can come in and shut off your power. And then you know what? You go right to the courts and you start to hold a lawsuit. And there are plenty of lawyers, even if you don't have money, that will take that on pro bono because they know there's tons of money inside of that and that it's unconstitutional for mayors to do that if you don't follow their rules because they are public servants. And the, they did not get the majority vote of people to say that that was the right thing to do. They are acting outside of their jurisdiction. Well, you guys, I love this conversation. I've loved this episode so much, but I know, Sam, that you have to go. And so I want to start to draw things down. Yeah, let's do it again. On a regular basis with you guys. Absolutely. Uh, And I'd love to talk to you guys a little bit more about, you know, know, uh, this was great. I got really slammed this week. The next one we do, I'm going to focus all my energy and make sure we get. But I loved all the questions. I love the viewers' questions. I love the questions that we answered. And uh, I look forward to the next one, guys. And uh, please make sure to send me all your info so I can include it when I post it to my stuff. And uh, to everybody listening, thank you so much. I had a great time. I look forward to doing it again. And tell people one more time where to where to get you and what you have coming up. Well, Twitter is, who knows? It's either <laughs> Ronan Sam Tripoli or uh, Sam, Buddha Sam, Sammy. Uh, Ronan Sam Tripoli or Buddha Sammy is my Twitter. Sam Tripoli, T-R-I-P-O-L-I. Uh, anywhere on um, Instagram, and uh, you guys check out my um, my uh, Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash tinfoil hat. And uh, I, I, this new spiritual podcast I'm doing called Zero that's available exclusively on Rockfin. I'm having a great time. Cool. If either of you guys would like to do anything on Rockfin, just let me know. I'd love to help you guys out. Uh, it's a great place. It's kind of like the Netflix of premium content. Cool. You uh, pay 10 bucks, you get so many of these amazing co- channels that you only get right there. So wow. uh, go check it out. And uh, yeah, that's about it. If you're in Wisconsin, come see me. And if you want to see my stand-up comedy, uh, just go to samtriplee.com or youtube.com backslash Comedy. Thank you guys again. I had a great time. You guys, this is so much fun. I could do this all the time, every time. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, get get some feedback from your listeners. Ask some feedback. See if they, they like it because uh, I'm, oh, I'm they okay do, doing they. this as long as other people are interested in it and if they're going to be empowered by it and actually start making differences. If they're not, I'm not going to waste my time. But if they will, I want to continue doing this. Well, you know, man, we have a saying on the show, man, we're popping minds like champagne bottles. And I think that people, uh, I think they do hear it. And they, you see more and more waking up. We did this big uh, march over here. I talked about it a couple times. Again, the next march uh, against child sex trafficking is August 22nd. Woo. And I didn't think anyone was going to show up. And it was packed. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> so people are waking up. We are doing good. Sometimes we don't see it great <laughs> yeah. right instantly, but it will. it is happening. And we are, I mean, when you see the ratings on TV, you see stock in like Nike going down. You see like Tom Hanks moving. Uh, the, you know, I, the demonization of the term silent majority really sucks because it's really loving people. And uh, And at this March, guys, it was every demographic, straight, Yay. gay, white, 
black, Hispanic, Asian, uh, male, female, every demographic was there. It was the most amazing diverse march i've ever been at and uh i think we're coming together everybody so just know phoenix and Lindsay, you guys are doing great jobs and if it ever feels like you're not doing the lord's work just know that you really are and uh people appreciate everything that we're doing and i appreciate you guys thank Matt, you likewise, right back man. at you yeah. yeah that feeling's mutual man thank you so thank you i'll yeah i'll talk to you guys later and i appreciate you guys very much thank you thanks you Sam. Too, man peace take awesome. care guys you too and Phoenix, if you want to also remind people where they can contact you and get more from you, especially with your awesome, you have so many different products and um, helpful, you know, medicines, media, just everything that people can access. And I think it's really cool. Your classes, there's just so much. Cool. Yeah, thank you. So um, one thing I do want to mention is that uh, coming up on September 5th, I actually have uh, an essential oils and hydrosol uh, class that's being held here at the Phoenix Aurelius Research Academy. Cool. So if you've ever been interested in coming in and like seeing what my lab lo works looks like working with me, especially if you have an interest in pulling your own essential oils or learning how it's done, so on and so forth, I have a class. Uh, you just go to my education tab on my website at phoenixaurelius.org, uh, scroll down to group classes or group study, and then uh, you'll be able to see that that's the next one that we're holding. We have uh, two others besides that before the end of the year. I think one in October and another in November. Uh, all of them are dealing with various uh, aspects of alchemical work. But as you'll notice, this is also personal development work, too, anytime that we work in, in the laboratory. So even if you don't have a particular interest in performing lab work, there are corollaries to the spiritual work and the internal work that I always talk about inside of those classes that go hand in hand with what we're doing. And so whether you're looking for personal transformation or laboratory transformation or both, there's a lot of information for you there. If you're interested in studying one-on-one -on -one with me, I still have, um, I think actually we're booked out for 2020, but starting 2021, um, we do have wait list going and I will probably have six or seven opportunities of one-on-one -on -one immersion classes where you come and live with me and work with me one-on-one -on -one in the laboratory or for spiritual work or whatever else, uh, or ideally both um, in 2021. So if you're interested in that, check into that. Like I said, I've got the uh, uh, meditation album that you can get for free by entering in coupon code RogueWays at checkout under the media tab. And uh, again, <laughs> Lindsay, remind me, I know it's my own damn website. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, got so much going on. It's uh, I think under I the folder that's it's, like it's phoenixaurelius.org tools dash resources, and it's the first thing you'll see there. Yep. yep. And I've got that. <laughs> I've also got a huge spagyric apothecary where I make alchemical uh, remedies and medicines out of 100% organic, biodynamic, or wild harvested herbs. And this is kind of my bread and butter. Uh, this is where people who are interested in buying tinctures or herbal remedies can go to my store, search through the entire apothecary and find something that fits them. Uh, every month I also have featured items, uh, featured products that you will find if you hover over the apothecary tab instead of clicking on apothecary. And you'll see that every month we release five new uh, options. In fact, we'll be releasing some tomorrow. Hmm. And uh, there will be five new products on there, which... Tomorrow, it's going to be blood orange, I think pomegranate, wild blueberry, rose hip, and there's there's another one on there. So they're real, oh, and ginger, uh, fresh ginger root. So all of those ones are really awesome. They're always 20% off the very first month uh, that we release these new releases. So 
check those out. That that really helps to support my research on an ongoing basis. And uh, I have a huge wait list for IDF uh, wellness research. Um, and before long, starting in September, I'll be opening up my consultations again. So pe people who are interested in having their own IDF, uh, funding their own IDF research, whether it's, you know, questions like this or about their farm or about you know, just all sorts of different types of things, or whether it's about laboratory work or whatever, IDF or not, you just want to pick my brain, $150 an hour, that supports our research a lot. And that helps me uh, to continue the work that I'm doing and continue studying and to be able to dedicate my time, which is unpaid to things like this and podcasts, to be able to get the word out and to share what I've learned so that it makes a bigger impact and doesn't just stay with me. Yes. I love that about the work you do. You're very scientific, you're very methodical, and you're very giving and generous with what you do as well. And it's um, for the benefit of everybody. So I think it's really awesome. And, and thank you for all that you do. And I want to do all those things you're talking about. Like, I'm like, ooh, maybe I can come in September. Maybe I could do like the one-on-one -on -one, because it all sounds awesome. And it always has. So one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to end up doing that. But um, yeah, and excellent. by the way, um, those of you who are Roadways listeners and want to support Lindsay, um, and Rogueways just in general. Um, she is an affiliate of oh, yes. Phoenix Aurelius. And anytime mm -hmm. that you use the link and click on her link, uh, it's going to take you to my site. You're going to pay the exact same price. The only difference is that she's going to get an awesome cut to be able to help proliferate her work as well. And so that's important to me is creating symbiosis between the networks. And so please, please, please hit Lindsay up, ask for the affiliate uh, uh, link so that she can get some credit, whether you're going to do education or whatever else, because that's going to help to further her work. And the more that we grow together, the stronger off we're all going to be. So Awesome. Thank you for mentioning that. And actually, anybody who's listening or watching, it's in the show notes. It's under the videos. It's on every single page of my site, I believe. It should be, at least. So if you if you click through to Phoenix from me, then you will be um, supporting Rogue Ways. So thank you for that. And it's like a win-win-win. You get great, amazing products. You get to help Phoenix's research, and you get to support Rogue Ways, which you love. So yeah. it's all good. Well, I know you already gave like a really good summary of how to save the entire world, but <laughs> do you want to add another um, final thought, which we usually do to close things down? Yeah, uh, I want people really to think about how to ask better questions, yes. because if they're not left as rhetorical questions, if they're not open-ended and just things that you ask idly, those questions will help you get to the answers that are going to help you individually, help your community, and help the planet globally. And those are the things that I think are the most critical and the most important right now. Ask as many questions as you can or in trade uh, quantity for quality and ask the best questions that you can that are going to make the most impact in this very moment. And if you do that, whether you're using IDF technology or not, you're going to arrive at some really spectacular answers and that's going to help us all. Absolutely. Asking questions is one of the most underrated skills ever. I say that as a teacher, having tried to teach question asking to students, you would think it's easy and it's not. 
And so I thought, I'm in agreement with you. Ask better questions. Practice asking questions. Ask yourself if the questions you're asking are for, like, those idle, satisfactory purposes or if they're going to lead you somewhere. Even if they're idle for the moment, like, where does it go next? Where are you going to take it yes. from there? <laughs> so thank you for, for that. And fellow travelers of the path, it is a beautiful thing. This has been your analog electric concentric dose of wisdom according to Sam Tripoli at Tinfoil Hat Podcast. He has already gone, but we thank Sam for being here tonight. That was extra super fun. And according to Phoenix Aurelius, the master alchemist and teacher and philosopher, uh, Phoenix, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. My pleasure. Thank you so much, everybody. Awesome. So be true to the path that unfurls before you. It will never lead you astray. When you push and force and exert a will that is not in complete alignment with your highest self, it feels like work all day, every day. You create all kinds of things in this state and none of them serve you. Not much will ever come truly easy, not coming from disease and disconnection as many of us are and have been, but it will always get easier and easier when you fall into the flow of your natural state and slip down the corridors that stream takes you. Let go in the best ways, hold on to what is most pure and true, and until you master the intricacies of that ride, travel well, aim for balance, and always look inside first. This is only the beginning. There's, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hat, Tim foil hat, Tim foil hat.